It's crossover Thursday here in the Locked On Podcast Network and big changes for the Cleveland Browns. Deshaun Watson out for the year. Dorian Thompson-Robinson in for, at quarterback. What does that mean? We'll break that down and so much more about this matchup. It's time for a crossover Thursday. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Networks. We are your hosts for today's episode, Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers, Jeff Lloyd of Locked On Browns, and it's a huge AFC North matchup, 1 p.m. Sunday in Cleveland. It's going to be a big game. We're going to talk all about it and all the big things around this game. But first, I want to remind you, this show is brought to you by, by Prize Picks on Crossover Thursday. Prize Picks sponsors all of our crossover Thursday. They're the easiest and most ex- exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL to use code lock lower all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. It's a it's an opportunity you can't miss out on. Remember you can find both of our shows on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Jeff, I have to imagine your Wednesday morning was the most chaotic thing ever. I was literally doing a show for the Pittsburgh Post Gazette in the morning, getting ready, just like, you know, talking over things, same things. And then I, as we're doing it, I see the Schefter tweet. I see the Browns announcement. And I'm just like, oh boy, Deshaun Watson is out for the year. Talk us through how sudden this was. So people understand, like, this is a major shift. This isn't something that Cleveland looked like they were preparing for. Well, I think we were finally getting comfortable with you know Deshaun Watson starting the return of the player that everybody expected the Browns that they were going to be and they knew it was a wait then it was going to be you know sometime and then when they got the 11 game suspension in 2022 you realized you were punting on 2022 it was all going to be about 23 you start off two and one then all of a sudden he's out um tried to come back against Indianapolis he saw he wasn't ready um and then was you know he wasn't going to play the Seattle game and then all of a sudden it was the Monday after the Seattle game the day before the trade deadline he basically got up Said felt no pain, nothing. Texted everybody. He was like, guys, I'm good. And, you know, we saw the Arizona game. Obviously, he played well that week. Uh, played extremely well in the second half with a broken shoulder in Baltimore to, you know, find a way to get the Browns and you know, will the team to victory. We knew he was going to have an MRI. It was supposed to be on his ankle, which turns out to be a high ankle sprain. Well, that's not going to be an issue. He's going to have plenty of time to let that heal. Um, but a se- separate injury that he suffered. And most likely, going back, looking at everything, there was a run in the first quarter. Um, and, you know, Deshaun, you know, you got to slide and you, you got to be smart about these things. And, you know, took another shot on the shoulder. It was Patrick Queen um, was able to finish the game. Even when the doctors told him, he was like, look, I, you know, I'll needle up every week. I don't care. I'll do what I got to do. Um, but they were like, no, one more hit. And, you know, the, the injury and the crack is going to be some so significant that it could be, you know, career altering. Um, I woke up today and, you know, I see some tweets from Deshaun and you know, religious type things enough that I was like, huh? It didn't really go any further with that. And I'm not even going to lie. I saw, I, I literally thought somebody hacked Mary Kay Cabot because oh, I wow. saw the tweet. It was like Deshaun Watson is out for the year. There was much, wasn't much else to it. And obviously, you know, she came back, you know, obviously updated it like seconds after when Schefter Rappaport, everybody. And it was like, well, whoa, you know, the Browns obviously, you know, kept the sh- shoulder injury hidden that he had suffered. And, you know, here's where we're at. And, you know, it's, um, very strange. Um, as far as, you know, now shifting to DTR, a lot of people were questioning why it wasn't PJ Walker. Um, 
the word was after the Seattle game, basically on the flight home, they basically said, you know what, if it's not Deshaun against Arizona, it's going to be DTR. Um, mm. they, they they never wavered on what they felt about DTR. The whole situation where he started against the Ravens was just terrible. Um, you know, basically they told the kid at 1045, you're starting one o'clock game. Um, everybody thought Deshaun was going to go. Obviously, he did not play well. Um, they had a game plan that they basically had to take away from because they were not going to go out there and have DTR throw the ball all over the field in his first NFL start. It did not work out. Um, the Browns feel more comfortable with where he's at and where he's been at the last couple of weeks as far as you know, getting comfortable in his own skin within the NFL. Um, that's the reason. And everybody's still Josh Dobbs, Josh Dobbs. Look, in August, the Browns felt DTR was more talented than Josh Dobbs. What Josh Dobbs has done at this point, God, God bless him. You know, I'm saying you, you take your hat off to the guy. But what everything we saw in August said DTR was better and was ready to go now compared to Josh Dobbs. So, you know, it's, you know, do, do I think, you know, you're going to miss a beat, you know, not miss a beat? No, I mean, I'm not foolish enough to think that. Um, but the Browns obviously showed a lot in DTR and they followed around all last year during the draft press. He was one of their uh, official visits to Berea last year. They were very, very in on DTR. There was a guy they liked. And you know, quarterback wise, if you're looking for a backup quarterback, you want somebody that at least resembles your starting quarterback. DTR's got good wheels like Deshaun Watson. He's got good ball placement, got good velocity. There were a lot of things that Brown felt that DTR resembled Deshaun Watson. So that's kind of what you're looking for in your backup quarterback. And plus, it's a lot easier to put P.J. Walker in and say, hey, can you go ahead and maybe close this one out? And we already saw him do it against the Indianapolis Colts. Mm -hmm. It's a lot more difficult to take the rookie and then throw him into another bad situation like they already had to do with DTR once. That's why it's going to be him now and hopefully for the foreseeable future. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out because uh, if if Thompson Robinson can come in and play well, you know, it sets an interesting tone because you're paying Deshaun Watson all this money, but you have this rookie quarterback that you said they, they kind of believe in and they think that there's there's potential with here. You know, I it's it's wild for me because I went from having to write about and cover uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson less than 12 months ago when he took on the Pitt Panthers in the Sun Bowl and he threw three interceptions in them and and, and had had to get pulled from that game uh in in the in a great in a crazy pit comeback but um i i saw I, I just remember seeing like man like this kid does have talent to him uh you know he if, if he could put a few things together that'd be interesting but talking about being thrown into the fire now i will say this i think that the situation the browns are in roster wise your offensive line is still there you you've seen running backs are still able to produce this offense even though it's not Nick Chubb you still got playmaker wide receiver like like, like Lamari Cooper David Njoku can be there and you still have that defense intact do you feel like the core around DTR right now is is primarily made for a quarterback to like him like him to come in and say hey young blood don't just don't lose this game play just play to the scheme and you'll be fine that was essentially what the expectations were for Deshaun Watson. Nobody was, you know, hey, if you're not going to turn back to the guy you were, look, don't turn it over. Don't give up points. Don't give up 14 points to the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday Night Football. Um, a second play of the game against Baltimore Ravens. Don't give up touchdowns to the opposing defense. Granted, he was able to climb himself out of that hole. He did. Just don't give up points. you got a great defense, and obviously Pittsburgh, this is why your team, the Steelers, is 6-3 and three right now. You know, Put your better unit in position to go do what they do. They're going to do enough. They're going to get turnovers. They're going to you know halt the other team. Um, so just be smart and be efficient that way. The biggest transition, and the thing with TTR, one of the big things that helped them during the draft process was everybody at the combine, their eyes were on CJ Stroud and Anthony Richardson. They guess were. who was right in line with those guys when they were doing their pro workouts? And Anthony Richardson, yeah, he looked athletically, he looked great. DTR, it was like, well, 
the little guy from UCLA is throwing the ball better than the big guy everybody's trying to watch right now. <laughs> it was just a fact. Obviously, Anthony Richardson got would draft to where he was. You know, DT got. So it, it, but the thing is, is the transition, and this was going to come this year regardless or not. The Browns had to learn how to run the ball out of shotgun. Um, it was what was going to aid Deshaun Watson best. Maybe it wasn't going to suit Nick Chubb best, but it wasn't like Nick was going to complain. They had to find a way to make this work. And that is what happened last week. And they took the ball, I think it was 11 times uh, for 80-something yards to the right side with um, Jerome Ford at a gun. And they basically told the Ravens, until you stop it, we're going to continue to call it. And mm. the Ravens just couldn't stop it. Um, Jerome Ford is more comfortable running out of the shotgun. DTR played his entire time at UCLA under Chip Kelly under shotgun. So, you know, granted, you know, obviously the pressure picks up because you are six and three. Obviously there's more eyes on this team. Now they're successful. Obviously there's more eyes in the AFC North right now. Cause all four teams have winning records. Um, kind of anybody's ball game right now here with eight games to go, seven games to go for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, but you know, the expectation is for him to come out and play smart, efficient football. And, you know, obviously there's the op- uh, opportunity for him to use his legs. And if he's learned one thing from watching, hopefully Deshaun Watson to this point, it's young men hit the dirt. Take a slide. No contact. I feel you on that. You know, protecting yourself is a very important part of football. It's one of the things that I think, you know, one of the one of the a rival to both of these teams, Lamar Jackson does very well for all the running that Lamar Jackson does. He gets out of the way. He doesn't. There was a, there was a, there was a play on Sunday where he slid short. And everybody criticized him, and it was like, well, no, that's what you do when you're making 200 million. Because you know what? The next 30 plays are important than the one yard you didn't get. Exactly. And like, sure, if the if it's the Super Bowl and the game's on the line, you you make that you make that business. John Elway helicopter, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, that's completely different than a regular season game, and you're the franchise guy who has to protect himself. I agree entirely there. I want to talk about how the defenses face this game because both defenses now face young quarterbacks who are going who are who are figuring things out. Of course, DTR in a different place where Kenny Pickett is right now. We'll talk about where they are and how they've grown throughout the season. Going into this upcoming matchup, it's locked. It's, it's the Locked On Podcast Network's crossover Thursday. Locked On Steelers meet Locked On Browns. Stick, stick with us. We still have a whole lot to discuss about this matchup. But first, I want to remind you this show is sponsored by DoorDash. Why root for your team on an empty stomach? Because right now you can order on DoorDash and save on all your fo- football watch party favorites. You can order pizza, wings, pop, burgers. Hey, Jeff, do they say pop or do they say soda in Cleveland? Uh, it's a majority of both, but it's primarily pop. Yes, sir. There you go. Cause that's they, they know what pop is in Cleveland. At least they get, they, they got that right. Something Pittsburgh and Cleveland agree on pop. And you can get all that at DoorDash. You can also get amazing things like some of your local favorites in Pittsburgh. I love some big shot Bob's wings. I might get me some Frank white big shot Bob's wings delivered right to my door to watch this game. Cause I'm not going to Cleveland for that one. I'm staying right at home, getting some rest or get some Primanti's brothers delivered right to your door. All that available on DoorDash where right now you can get 50% off up to $10 in value. When you spend $15 or more on your first order, when you download the DoorDash app and enter code locked 23, that's L O C K E D two, three locked 23 subject to change terms and conditions apply. You can be prepared for game day and if you want more value be sure to sign up for 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 a dash pass membership it gives you a zero dollar delivery fee on all eligible orders and it helps you also get groceries delivered to your house and again this is 50 percent off up to a 10 dollar value when you spend 15 dollars or more on your first order when you download the doordash app and enter code locked 23 subject to change terms and conditions apply (laughs) 
It's crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On Steelers meets Locked On Browns. Both these teams are 6-3, and three, and both of these teams' defenses are right in the thick of why they're 6-3 and three and, and why they've been able to battle through uh, what they've gone through this, this year. Let's talk about these defenses, Jeff. The Steelers' defense was very much the reason the Steelers beat the Browns in, in Week 2. You know, a pick six to start the game. TJ Watt recovers a fumble uh, and takes it in, into the end zone. Like I like like I said in that game, you know, heading into that game, the edge rushers were the Steelers' best chance to win the football game, and they were what won the football game ultimately for the Steelers. But this is a group now that has started to figure a few things out, not everything, but a few things out on defense. They're getting they're getting slightly better against the run. Uh, they're finding ways to kind of limit limit teams a little bit more. Uh, granted, they are dealing with a serious injury problem at linebacker, where both Cole Holcomb and Alan, and excuse me, Cole Holcomb and Quan Alexander have been knocked out of the season in back to back weeks, and now that's going to force second year seventh round pick uh, Mark Robinson into that role. Although there's there's wonders if someone else is going to take over that role off the practice squad. Uh, but there's a lot to discuss there. But as far as the Steelers facing a Browns rushing offense that you know. Did pretty well. I mean, they ran for 198 yards in that game, and even that's even with Nick Chubb getting injured during it and him being knocked out for this for the season right now. How have you seen the Browns' rushing offense evolve while figuring out how to win without Nick Chubb, who is one of the best running backs in football? Well, I mean, this team is still currently second in the NFL in rushing, and that has been a huge, huge thing. Um, and you know, for most of it, it's been Jerome Ford, and it's been a highs and lows with Jerome Ford because I think there's times where it feels like somebody's coaching him up, and like you got to have more patience, you got to have more patience, let him set up. But meanwhile, there's somebody else saying, "Look, there's green grass, just go get what you can get," and you know, whatever, we'll get mm-hmm. to the next play. Um, I think last week was more of the latter. Was look, find daylight and go and go hundred million miles an hour. And, you know, he was able to finish runs, you know, he and Patrick queen had a couple of meetings, you know, basically to shoulder to shoulder in the hole, um, had a huge run where he spun out of a, you know, defensive lineman's grasp, got himself to the outside. He looked like Nick Chubb because he got himself to the outside. Um, uh, Geno stone came up, Geno stone felt, uh, you know, all of the strength of Jerome Ford, you know, with the stiff arm dropped him 27 yards to the outside. Kareem Hunt is doing basically the dirty work. You know, he is the, mm. you know, he's the one and he don't care. You know, Kareem, you know, it was nice bringing it back, but Kareem didn't find any of the juice that he's lost over the last couple of years. At this point now, he's just a tough physical runner, but you need those guys, obviously, you know, exactly. Pierre Strong. When he when they use him, he's got a different skill set than anybody else. He runs a four three five. He's a long strider. Um, they didn't use him last week much. He was a little dinged up with a hamstring, but he was a full go at practice today, so he could be a factor. Um, but again, with these defenses, as they go on, they're trying to find more. They get more and more comfortable within themselves. The Browns are basically the we're going to be out of the, we're going to be off this field in about sixty minutes flat. The Browns lead the league in the amount of three and outs. It is literally it's mind boggling how quickly mm. this goes. And for me, the most enjoyable part of all this is the Browns haven't had defense. Chris, I've been covering this team for seven seasons. They've had no defensive tackles, nobody. You know, I'm saying they never had anybody. But now, you know, you talk about you know Siaki Eko was a third round pick for them. He hasn't even dressed yet. And why? Because Jordan Elliott is playing the best ball of his career here in year four. Obviously, Dalvin Tomlinson is starting to do what was expected. Two and a half sacks against the Arizona Cardinals. He continues to play very well. Um, uh, they've also Shelby Harris was a great late addition in the summer. Maurice Hurst is probably one of the most under talked about pickups of the entire offseason. He was a guy that's you know been in the, the league for as long as he has, and it's always been hardship after hardship after hardship. Browns picked him up, no guaranteed money, nothing. 
and Maurice Hurst. When the Browns go nickel and dime, it is Miles Garrett, it is Adarius Smith, it is Ogbo on Karanquo, and it is Maurice Hurst. Maurice Hurst comes in in those nickel and dime sets. That's their force pass rusher. They're really having a solid year. They had the corners, obviously. Those guys are really playing well. Um, you brought in Juan Thornhill, Rodney McLeod, Grant Delpit is playing great. It's the same linebacker crew as last year, but the difference is they're actually here this year. They're not injured, so they're all playing. Sione Taki Taki, Anthony Walker, uh, you know, Jeremiah Usukormo is leading the NFL in stops to the line of scrimmage or tackles for loss from the linebacker position. And, you know, we haven't even mentioned Jim Schwartz. And the thing with Jim Schwartz and what you saw really last week was I saw you once already. So now I'm going to do things differently. And that's how you hold a Lamar Jackson to one completion in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. in a tight game. So, you know, that probably is going to be one key thing here for anybody watching this game. Sunday is whatever Pittsburgh probably saw from the Browns defense the first time around. Jim Schwartz is going to come a lot different this week. And also a lot of what another thing he did last week was he played a lot more NASCAR than he did at any point this mm. season. Why? Well, Lamar's one of the most mobile quarterbacks in the league. Granted, most edge players ain't running with Lamar anyway, but right. at least he said, I'm giving myself a fighting chance. No, I hear you on that. And, and I think this is also going to be interesting because both defenses are going to look different in this game. When the Steelers played the Browns before, Cam Hayward was out. But also mm-hmm. the emergence of rookies that have stepped up on, on, on the Steelers. Keanu Benton has been extremely mm-hmm. strong on the interior of the Steelers' defensive line. He's surprised been, him been no shooter. one. <laughs> exactly. And that's the thing. Like, I loved him in the draft process. When they drafted him, I'm like, that's a Pittsburgh Steelers. When I talked about the combine, when I started talking to him, he had answered questions like, man, Mike Tomlin would love to have this guy. And somehow they got him and Joey Porter Jr., who has really stepped up for the Steelers. Both of those guys are starters, along with Broderick Jones. And all three of those guys are making a huge impact. I'll even say that guys like uh, like Darnell Washington have been solid as a run-blocking tight end uh, you know, for the offense. And he's been starting in, in place of Pat Frymuth, who's supposed to be back soon uh, with, from, his, from his injury. Um, and then even Nick Herbig, who's come in as a rotational backup edge rusher, has been helpful. But particularly... The, well, the Steelers, they had problems on the defensive line to start when Cam Hayward was hurt and they, and, uh, they, they were trying to look for answers there. Keanu Benton has become that guy that has brought those answers, and now Cam Hayward's back. And the cornerback room, that was another place where they needed help. And they got that back with Joey Porter Jr. Now they still have questions with Levi Wallace. Patrick Peterson, I think, has started to find where he fits in the defense a little bit better. He's not the pure, speedy outside corner that he used to be, but he's still a savvy veteran, much like how Joe Hayden was for the Steelers in the later part of his career. But Joey Porter Jr. has been a big factor for the Steelers in that he's been taking away number one receivers. He's been, he's been when he's targeted, he doesn't give up a lot of yards. And that has allowed them to kind of game plan a bit differently as this year goes on. That's where I think this game could be very interesting is that this should be a rock fight between these two teams running the ball (laughs) avoid avoiding you know no one's trying to take the big shot that causes the turnover everyone's trying to see who's going to blink first make the first mistake and allow the other team to establish leverage in this game because that's where both of these teams strengths are getting the lead playing aggressive defense and saying at the end of the game, I want my defense protecting the lead from your offense. The Steelers have won four of their six games uh, wins so far by, by holding the, the, the defensive field at the end of the game and, and finding a way to win that way. The Browns defense, I think it speaks for itself when you look at all the rankings across the board with how good they've been this year. 
Yeah, and they're just getting it from everywhere, you know. Um, and it was the talking to this year. You know, Martin Emerson, Greg Newsom never had any turnovers. Uh, Martin Emerson, two interceptions. Greg Newsom, obviously, a game-changing interception pick six last week, filling mm-hmm. in for Denzel Ward. Um, and you know, just the opportunity. And you know, the thing is, is when you have the depth they have. You know, sometimes you get guys that maybe can get a little disgruntled because maybe you're not getting the reps you normally would think you deserve. But when you look at the record and you know your team's winning, look, you can play every rep on a team that stinks. You don't get much. You know, nobody really notices you. You know, anything you can do, any contribution you can give on a team that is winning, you know, eyes are on you. You know, and the Browns are going to have some issues because, you know, there's going to be guys they would like to resign down the road here, but they may have greater monetary value to some other teams. But, hey, that's just part of the game. Um, but and I think that's the thing that Jim Schwartz is just loving, that guys are literally just standing there waiting to have their number called because their job ain't that hard. And, like, when you interview or you listen to talk, Browns secondary players talk, you know, why are you having so much success? Defensive line. I was like, I got two and a half seconds. And you want to know what? In two and a half seconds, the ball's either in the air or the play's over because the quarterback's on his back. I agree. And that's the whole thing is you want to get pressure. You want to to control the line of scrimmage, but you also want to have playmakers behind those guys to to be able to, you know, if if Miles Garrett doesn't get home because you got the ball out quick, it helps to have guys who are who are playmakers behind him to be able to make after play. Now, the Steelers, we don't know if Mika Fitzpatrick will be back for this game. He's he's been out with a hamstring injury since the Steelers lost to the Jaguars and he did not practice on Wednesday. We'll see if he practices on Thursday or Friday. I think that Friday is always the determining factor for him. He, He knows the defense. Heck, he was calling out defensive plays at the end of the game for the Steelers uh, in their in their in their last win over the Packers. Um, so I, I think he's just a matter of if he's physically ready to go, he's going to be in, in in this game. It's going to be huge for both of these defenses, but also going to be huge for the AFC North because all four teams are playing each other this weekend. I want to uh, you know we're we're, we're going to save our previews of this game, predictions and all that stuff for our Friday episodes. But I want to take a minute to talk about the AFC North with Jeff here and the state that it's in and the direction it could go after this week, because this could be a, this is a huge week to determine how the second half of the season could go. We'll get to that here on crossover Thursday here on the locked on podcast network. But first, we want to remind you, this show is also brought to you by Jace Medical. Jace Medical brings you what's called the Jace Case, which provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. All it takes to get a Jace Case is simply fill out an online form, and in some cases, jump on a quick call with one of their board-certified physicians. You get ongoing care from their physicians on any treatment-related questions doctor-created, Doctor recommended. Don't be caught unprepared. Whether you're on extended travel, bracing for a major weather event, or limited by yet another supply shortage, Jace Medical's got you covered. Thanks to our partners at Jace Medical, life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply delivered right to your door, including ED generics like Cialis and Viagra. Jace handles everything from, from, from online evaluations to licensed pharmacy med- medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Jace Medical is simple. You go online, fill out a form, and then you get prescription life-saving medications delivered right to your door. The Jace case gives you peace of mind so that you are not just hopeful that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace, Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication on hand. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember, remember to use the promo code locked on at checkout for a discount as well. If you or, some, or someone else or someone you love wants peace of mind and a year supply, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code locked on at checkout for $20 off your purchase at jacemedical.com. 
Back here on Crossover Thursday here in the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On Steelers, Locked On Browns, Chris Carter, Jeff Lloyd. Jeff, let's let's dive into the AFC North a little bit here because this division, as we thought, is the most competitive in football and, and even the best in football right now. The Ravens sit on top at 7-3 and three after the Browns brought them down, down a pig after last weekend. But the Steelers and Browns sit tied at 6-3. and three. The Bengals right behind them at 5-4. and four. Now, here's the thing. Everyone looked at Deshaun Watson's second half there against the Ravens and thinking like, oh man, did he figure it out? Like, is this, is this it? And like, are the Browns about to make this surge? And then he's out for the season. Does that put a big dent in what the Browns can do the rest of this season, Jeff? Or do you think the way this team is engineered, because let's face it, Deshaun Watson stepped up that game, but so many games have been won by the Browns ground game and their defense is this still a team that you think stays right in that in, in the thick of that hunt, just a game a game behind the, the the Ravens, right in the reach with the Steelers? That this still goes down to the wire here. I think they win on Sunday. I think you know to say that this team could go five and three down the stretch because um, the Browns look. It's obviously Pittsburgh on Sunday. Trip to Denver, uh, really hard to make what Denver truly is. Um, you know, a trip out to the Rams. You know, Jacksonville is going to be very crucial here. They have more AFC North games left than the Browns actually do. Um, Browns have the Bears. The Browns have Houston, and you know, I'm not knocking on Houston. CJ Stroud, they're doing an outstanding job down there in Houston. The Jets and at Cincinnati. Cincinnati, you know, look, Cincinnati's in a big, big bad spot here. They are in last place in this division, and they still have to go to Baltimore. Uh, they still obviously have to play you guys twice. They have to play Jacksonville. Their easiest game remaining on the schedule is the Colts. They got to play Minnesota. They got to play the Chiefs, and they close with the Browns. And the Browns are kind of like the kryptonite. Baltimore has the advantage of only seven games left in this division, but it is Cincinnati this week at the Chargers, Rams, Jacksonville, San Francisco, Miami, and obviously Pittsburgh in Week Eight, Week Eighteen. So I mean, that's not an easy stretch for Baltimore. So maybe only having seven games less could be good for them. It could really be bad. And you guys obviously still have four division games left. The Browns, both with Cincinnati, obviously a closer with Baltimore. Trip to Seattle, we all know, is not a very easy trip at the Colts. I don't think anybody's really too worried about that. Arizona, it's a whole different ball game right now with Kyler Murray back. And New England, well, you know, New England, that probably looks all, you know, probably dead and buried for the New England Patriots right now. So it's, I think health is going to be huge here for all four teams in this AFC North. Um, you know, Browns obviously took a big hit here today. Um, but you know, Baltimore's a little banged up going in tomorrow night. You know, Cincinnati's going to play another game without T Higgins. Um, as you said yourself, obviously the Steelers got some, so th th it could be like a two week stretch here where if somebody's undermanned and, and loses one game, maybe loses a game that they could have won, but loses a game that they should have won that could change the entire tides here. But if the Browns can get this one, you're telling me, you know, I got to win maybe four and you know, we're not talking division. We'll see how it breaks out for that. But you know, if the Browns can win on Sunday, and that means they would have to, you know, win four more out of their last seven, what I'm seeing there, and you know, would get them to 11 wins, which most likely is going to get them to the playoffs. I, I think that's doable. You know, of course, I need to see more from DTR before I'm actually going to sign that check. Um, but with the running game now looking like it, it should, Jerome Ford more comfortable. I don't see that any signs of the defense slowing down anytime soon. And I think Jim Schwartz, just as every week goes on, I think he's just more and more like excited and basically dig, digging deeper and deeper into his bag of tricks. Cause when he first got here, he's like, well, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to rush the quarterback. I'm going to play man. Cause he looked around what he had and said, I don't need to do anything else. So I'll play, you know, I'll play checkers until I have to play chess. Of course, he's eventually going to start to play chess uh, as the season goes on here, but it's going to be, you know, 
we did this last year with the AFC West. It never turned out that way. But for right now, the AFC North is is basically telling everybody, look, this is the script everybody thought it was going to be. And, you know, obviously here we go into week 11, and it is still holding true. Is there an odd man out in the playoffs for the AFC North? Because the Bengals. The, so you, you do think the Bengals I, they're, are their schedule? Look, they are the worst team in this division, and they have the toughest schedule remaining at Baltimore. Then home for Pittsburgh, at Jacksonville. Yes, the Colts. Home for Minnesota. Minnesota's won five in a row. Mm. At Pittsburgh, mm. still got to go to Kansas City, mm. and then, then they close with the Browns, and then they close with the Browns. It's a really—I mean, Cincinnati needs to basically win one, lose one game through the rest of the stretch, and needs everybody else to fall back to the pace by almost two games. That's a good point. I mean, because I mean, right, well, I mean, right now the Browns technically hold the tiebreaker, so that one loss doesn't mean anything. Right, and obviously you guys have a chance to a chance to change that entire opportunity, a whole opportunity next week. So. That's a very good point. If the even if the Bengals go seven and one down the stretch here, that's twelve and five. That I mean, that, like, they're, like, not that, that, they're not going seven and one with four division games still on there. There's no, there's, no, they're just not. Look, I'm, I said I'm the right defense with... was a problem. I said the mm-hmm. defense was a problem. And look, we know what it's about in Cincinnati. It's about paying the offense. They'll figure out the defense. And, and look, I, I would do the same thing if I was them. But eventually, it's going to be a bump in the road, similar to Buffalo. And, you know, eventually the Piper is going to come and you just don't have everything you need, even though you love your quarterback and you love your offense. So you look at you look at it that way. If the Bengals are the odd man, odd man out, do you see the Ravens as the team that's going to win the division? Or do you think that the Browns are going to be that team that that rises up uh, even with a rookie quarterback? To maybe claim the division this year, they would need a lot of help. They would need they would need a lot of help because I mean it's really hard to predict. You know that the Browns can, you know, you got to figure it. They ha- they're at six wins now. They got eight games to go. You know, five wins would get you to eleven. Six wins would get you to twelve. It's crazy to say that you're going to do that with a rookie quarterback. Baltimore. The problem with Baltimore is Baltimore plays two or three great weeks, and then all of a sudden it fizzles out. The Colt game. Um, you know the other. You know, the, obviously they went into your guy, and they, they, they just didn't look like themselves. Yeah, and against the Browns, they played great for thirty minutes. Thought it was over and couldn't restart the engine, and it just you know it was twenty four to nine. Yeah, you, you know if you're supposed to be a really good team in the NFL, you cannot lose to anybody when you have a twenty four nine lead at home. I don't care who they are, you can't lose to anybody, and that's how you get into these. And it's not a Lamar thing. And Zay Flowers is a fantastic, but the problem is, is they still don't have that passing game right. It's better. Mark Andrews is fantastic. Zay Flowers is good. They are not getting what they need out of Bateman. The Odell thing sounded great, but for what you're paying them, one catch for 40 yards and what two and, and two touchdowns, but one of them came in garbage time. They, they still have not they they the passing game is better, and I think they will be better equipped to man the passing game this upcoming offseason. But you know, they just you know, they just keep throwing names at it. I think they really need to realize that guys like Zay Flowers, guys with yak ability, guys who are just gonna run routes the way they need to be run, that's gonna be better. But Baltimore, it's a tough schedule for them too. I, I you know, I, I think they'll be fine. I do, but I mean I keep looking at Cincinnati and it's just like, you know, where's the let up for the Cincinnati Bengals? There isn't one. Both of both them and the Ravens have some tough stretches down down the road here. Uh, it's going to be very interesting. This AFC North division is delivering with all the excitement. It'll probably deliver this weekend too. Tonight, Thursday, as you're watching this, it's Thursday night football. Bengals, Ravens, everyone's going to be glued to that. I'll be covering a pit beat Boston College game, but best believe I'm going to keep that game on the side somewhere so I can so I can run yourself a sweep. Come on now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But 
Steelers Browns, 1 p.m. Sunday. We still both have one episode each coming out for us here on Locked On Steelers and Locked On Browns. Thanks so much for tuning in. Tune into our Friday episodes to get our final predictions and breakdowns for what's coming up in this matchup. 